Hey everybody, Dan Howard here at Gunnison St. Joe's with the GSTJ podcast and on today's show we're going to be joined by one of our visiting specialists, Dr. Brent Ferbringer, who is one of our podiatrists here at Gunnison St. Joe's. We're going to be talking all about feet and we're going to make sure that you start the new year on the right foot and I can't believe I just said that. Here we go. We take it up. Hey, welcome back. Uh, joining me on today's show is uh, our visiting podiatrist, Dr. Brent Ferbringer. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's a new year. It's a fresh start. Chance to make all the same mistakes that we did last year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, so before we get into talking about um, podiatry in particular, what is it that made you go, you know what? I want to spend the rest of my life looking at people's feet. That's a fair question. I don't have a great story as far as that goes. No, no history of injury or personal experience in that way. But I did work uh, at a hospital growing up in undergrad for a few years. And I really spent a lot of time with a wide range of health professionals from all levels and backgrounds. And ultimately, it was the podiatry or podiatrist that I chatted at the time. I kind of latched on to, uh, I think it was the diversity of the practice that really attracted me at that time and still to this day is what keeps me interested in liking what I'm doing. So um, pretty pretty simple from that time, just some uh, spent time spent in the hospital. So you just kind of like got into looking at feet and was like, you know, these are, I guess that, you know, the more I look at it, there's a lot of stuff going on inside of your feet. Right, right. And I think as a podiatrist, you need to recognize that what we offer is not just in, you know, the, the bunion this or, or, or the orthotic this. It's really comprehensive foot and ankle care in regards to uh, whether it's, it's skin pathology, an, an acute injury from a sporting or events per se, or a chronic injury or progressive deformity that's, that's happened over the years. Um, we, we offer everything from bracing orthotics that people are most familiar with up to surgical intervention to reconstructive type procedures. So uh, it's a very, uh, again, comprehensive field pertaining to the foot and ankle, which is unique. And I know we are going to have Hillary join us on the podcast. Hillary is our nurse here at St. Joe's, but she's seeing patients, which is a good thing. Um, what, how do you guys work? Because, you know, when, when I, the, the little bit of stuff that I know about feet is that um, obviously they get a lot of work, um, but there's this, there's this um, higher risk for people with diabetes and stuff like that needing specialized foot care. Can you talk about like what you and Hillary do together? For sure, yeah. So uh, Hillary is very valuable as far as her role here at St. Joe's as our wound clinic kind of nurse lead. Um, lots of experience there. And with regards to my role, obviously, wounding of the lower extremity is very common, um, typically from you know systemic comorbidities, diabetes, like you listed as being one of the leading causes, but just venous insufficiency and other ways that we develop breakdown or concerns regarding uh, wounds of the lower extremity. Uh, we work together very closely um, as, as these require close monitoring and, and um, just the appropriate cares as every patient's unique, 
right? Maybe they're all diabetic or they all have similar, you know, underlying causes, but social implications, uh, economic implications, and just the type of wound and location uh, can really influence what treatment would really be in their best interest and and most uh, effective to re- obtain healing, which is ultimately the goal, and then keeping them healed as well. So we commonly see patients hand-in-hand together, uh, given her experience. Obviously, I listen very closely to her thoughts on what she feels this patient would benefit from. She'll commonly see them more frequent as they come in weekly or twice weekly, if not more, for dressing changes and monitoring. And then I'm, I'm able to keep kind of tabs on them through her and then, obviously, when I'm here in Hillsborough, we are able to, again, see each other in person. So it's a very good, close working relationship that I think really closes the circle of patient care and obtaining a good result for them. Um, yeah, it's it's a special thing. It's it's really neat to see kind of how uh, some of these specialties cross over and this kind of collaborative approach that, that goes on at St. Joe's. It's really nice to see from a guy who... You know, I'm, I'm kind of a fly on the wall, as it were, with this kind of stuff. I have no medical background. You probably figured that out already. Um, so um, you also, you're also here, you, you perform surgery too, right? Correct. Yeah, as I kind of alluded to earlier, um, really comprehensive foot and ankle care. So, you know, as, as far as podiatry goes, people are typically familiar with bunions and hammer toes and uh, those common terms we hear thrown around online and such. And that's definitely a line of surgery we offer. I offer here as far as uh, correction goes. Um, but it, it, it does go beyond that, as I uh, so stated before, um, ankle fractures and uh, or reconstructive or just simple cleanups uh, of joints that have had arthritis in them for years. It's, it's, a, it's, again, to repeat myself, comprehensive in that manner. But yeah, surgical procedures are offered uh, pertaining to the foot and ankle here at St. Chosen. A long time ago, I was talking to our um, surgical coordinator about uh, some type of procedure that you guys do, and I think it might have been hamatose. But it sounded, it's the way he explained it, and you might you might know what I'm talking about here. The way he explained it sounded almost like like someone working in construction industry. Like you know, we take this down, we take this apart, we move this, we pop this on, and then. It might have been a hamatoa or something like that. I don't know. Can you sure. can you explain a little bit about what a hamatoa is? Sure. So hamatoa is just a it's a contracture deformity, meaning what was once straight is now bent. Uh, and when you think about your toes, you may look down and see your very own toes having a slight bend or angular deformity that wasn't once there or has progressively worsened. So surgery is always indicated, or should I say, is indicated when pain or function is impaired and commonly both. Um, In this instance, with the progressive contracture, it causes issue with shoe gear fitment, irritation, and especially in our more high-risk patients, you can get wounding, which of course is what we want to avoid. So the indications for surgery are are pretty diverse, but typically driven by symptoms. Um, When it comes to correcting a hammer toe, there's kind of a sequential events we go through as far as procedure-wise to obtain a straight toe. Um, but uh, commonly at that stage, there's arthritic changes of the joints within the toe, and we simply remove that arthritis and we, we realign the toe so it's straight and pin those two bones back together across the joint, causing now a straight toe. Sometimes you have to release some tendons or ligaments that are also tightened over the years because of the position it was once in, 
But then by doing so, you're, you're able to, again, straighten the toe in a manner that it is no longer contracted. In this instance, you are sacrificing a joint, but commonly uh, patients who are having the surgery, the joint is no longer functioning like it should. And as of 2022, we don't have little toe replacements or anything like that. So uh, fusing it straight uh, obtains a nice long-term solution because once the joint is gone, there's no more bending. So it's a pretty, pretty easy concept in that way to understand. But you're right. We remove the bone, put it back together straight, or excuse me, remove the joint surfaces, put them together in a straight manner. And from there on out, they should be good to go after the recovery period, obviously. It, you make it sound so easy, but I, I bet it isn't. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, every case is unique. You know, there's no two surgeries just like another. Um, so it definitely comes down to the patient, what what their primary concern is, how significant of a deformity it is. There's definitely variables, but the underlying principles are not overly complicated. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I... I guess I don't really spend much time looking at my feet. I mean, they're all all the way down at the other end of my body, and you know, I I sometimes I could go days without even seeing them. You know, what what how important is a, is a straight toe? I mean, does that? I don't. I get. I guess would would anybody know they have a a a a, a, a toe that is deformed in any way? Sure. Yeah. I think about when I look at my my feet, they don't. They just my feet. You know. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I guess you know. When it comes to feet, everybody's is different. You know, some people have flat feet, some people have high arch feet, some people are in the middle, they have bunions or they have calluses. And uh, ultimately, you know, just because you have something doesn't mean you need to do anything about it. You know, just being aware of it perhaps is most important. Now, if you're a higher risk patient, like we talked about before with uh, diabetes, which you can have neuropathy, which means you don't feel your feet, then yeah, these areas of prominences or deformities are high risk for wounding and breakdown. So being aware of them and monitoring those areas closely is very key. Does it mean you need to have it corrected? By, by no means. Uh, it, it, uh, again, symptoms drive treatment. And if, uh, if you're having pain, you're unable to do what you want to do every day because of it, you have wounding or other concerns, then by all means, it is in your best interest um, to have them corrected. But besides that, I have many patients who have what you would consider not the prettiest feet, but they're pain-free and they're doing everything they want to do. And for that, it's that's 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 great. Um, you know, whether it's a supportive shoe or an orthotic, they might benefit from just in general. Um, it, it doesn't really. Again, there's no real indication there to be more aggressive per se. Like I say, I, I I don't really look at my feet a lot. But is there any? What are your top tips? for keeping your feet healthy and happy and not smelly or anything like that? Sure. I mean, basic hygiene is always important. I mean, and taking care of yourself as a whole, it really leads to good feet per se. Uh, looking at them daily, again, if you know whether or not you're, you're a higher risk patient or not, being aware of your, your, your feet is important. Because um, there can be subtle changes you'll, you'll notice over the years, maybe they're becoming more swollen, and that can be a sign of changes in your heart function. And although your heart feels fine, those little differences can definitely catch things earlier than, say, maybe you would have. Um, 
And and beyond that, just taking good care of yourself as a whole. A lot of the things we discussed here as far as uh, things that lead to foot problems are actually elsewhere, right? Diabetes is not just in the foot. <laughs> Swelling is not just in the foot. So listening um, to your primary care provider, taking the actions and the steps you need to to keep yourself healthy as a whole will definitely keep you, per se, out of trouble or at least uh protected from future foot problems. Uh, we see a lot of rural people in St. Joe's and the area of regional clinics. I cover a lot of laborious farmers doing uh, work that some would consider dangerous. Uh, my big thing there is wearing protective shoe gear. You know, don't go barefoot. Wear the good shoes, wear the steel toed if you need to, because um, last thing you want is uh, something preventable as far as uh, injuries go and pain. And uh, so simple steps like that go a long ways with regards to keeping your feet safe, protected, and in good shape for the years to come. I've also heard you know, in, this, in this topic of uh, podiatry, I've heard a lot about nail care and the importance of nail care. Do you talk, talk to me about nail care? What kind of, right. what kind of stuff yeah. do you fix? So this is kind of where it kind of demonstrates the, the wide range of care we provide within the foot and ankle and podiatry specifically. Uh, nail care is one of them. It is considered a, a, a procedural treatment for people who qualify. Um, there are many rules and restrictions around, surrounding it. And, and for those who um, typically are higher risk, again, for wounding, complication, maybe um, aren't safe to do so on their own, nail care is provided here given the the coverages are appropriate. Um, and it's important because these patients are typically the ones you want to keep an eye on too, because they have a history of a wound or they have lost, you know, a, a toe before due to infection or her had infection or ulcers that we've healed. So it's 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 a greater um, there's a greater degree of care going into just simply cutting nails. Um, People do request nail care that aren't qualified, and we're currently working on establishing a nail clinic that will provide them an opportunity to obtain that care uh, with one of our nurses as well. So that'll be a good resource in the weeks and months to come once that gets established, because unfortunately, there are other reasons people need that assistance, because, well, there's a lot of, a lot of difficulty at times. It's great that you're working on those kind of things, though. Um, so one last thing before we uh, we go and let you get back to patients, um, Crocs. <laughs> talk to me about talk to me about Crocs. It so Crocs. I don't think were a thing in the UK where I used to live about ten years ago, and I think I I think I first came upon them when I came to this country. I've never tried them. They don't look comfortable, supportive, or any of those other things. But what what's your take on on Crocs? Yeah, I think it's one of those where you're going to get a different answer every person you ask and talk to. Um, I think Crocs are a great house shoe, meaning you go home, you take off your work boots or whatever it might be, your dress shoes for the day, and you want to put something comfortable on that still has some support. I think they're fantastic house shoes. Now, when you see people at Walmart and all other stores walking around and all these different types of Crocs, I, I, I can't say that they're the best choice. <laughs> um, you know, as I can think of worse things, but uh, a good house shoe is how I would label them. And I do mm -hmm. like them for that because people tend to uh, find them comfortable with support. And they're much better than, say, a slipper or a moccasin that really is just a thin piece of leather under your foot. 
Um, but they can be slippery if it's wet, so there's definitely reasons to be careful with them. So uh, I like Crocs. I recommend them for certain situations, but again, uh, limited. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you use the word house shoe, and I guess I never really thought about a, a shoe that I would only wear indoors. I mean, I know there's slippers and things like that, but I, I don't wear them. I'm barefoot most of the time around the house. Which is is wearing a house shoe something that people would people should probably think about a little bit more? Yeah, I guess that's very individual. You know, there are people who don't need to. They they simply um, they they don't have any underlying conditions or concerns that would uh, require they do so. Uh, people who uh, are at risk of wounding or can't feel their feet definitely because that house shoe is going to protect you from say. Um, that, that that nail that fell on the floor in the garage or uh, whatever might be dangerous a lie uh, that, that could otherwise hurt you and you wouldn't know it. Um, and there's other reasons like plantar fasciitis, heel pain, that you just you need to have some support to to keep those symptoms at bay and from, from coming back. So um, it's, again, kind of an individual uh, preference based on your history. And typically, if you're seeing me, I'm pretty clear on whether or not this is for you or this isn't. And, and they just keep your feet warm in the winter. So, <laughs> All right. Well, thanks very much for uh, for talking with us today about feet. I know you got to uh, run and get back to clinic. Uh, if you've got any more questions about uh, podiatry or foot care or nail care or wound care, uh, please drop them in the comments below. And we'll be right back after the break. Thanks very much. That's Fabringer. Thank you. Pressed for time? Skip the drive to the clinic. With the MyChart app, you can schedule and see a provider face-to-face -face from anywhere. Now faster and easier than ever. Download the app. Hey, welcome back. Now, this is the time of year when a lot of people um, experience difficulties uh, making ends meet, um, particularly with uh, keeping the heating on and things like that. St. Joe's does not want anyone to experience difficulties keeping the heat on uh, and meeting their basic needs because they have medical bills to pay. Um, so if you're finding things difficult right now, it's it's a good time to take a look at our financial assistance program. It is there for a reason. It is there for these kind of situations. Um, applicants with annual income at or below 200% of the current federal poverty level, which is currently 26500 for a household of four, will qualify for free care. And then applicants over 201% of the current federal poverty level and meeting certain asset thresholds will get uh, the following discounts. So basically, if you're earning under 400% of the federal poverty level and you meet certain asset uh, levels, asset thresholds, uh, you're going to get some kind of discount. For more information, contact our team at 608-489-8000 or visit gunsonhealth.org forward slash financial assistance. Uh, Gunderson Health System has updated its masking guidelines for patients and visitors. Gunderson asks all patients and visitors to wear a medical-grade mask or an acceptable mask at all locations. All patients and visitors with unacceptable masks will be provided with a medical-grade mask to wear. The recommended mask is a surgical or a procedure mask. Other acceptable masks for patients and visitors include cloth masks with a tie or ear loop and with a nose wire for the best fit or an N95 or K95 mask without vents. Unacceptable masks include neck gaiters, bandanas, masks with vents, and cloth masks without a nose wire. So that's all from me for another month. Until next time, take care. We're taking off.